Here's a tradition that has been passed down through the ages. And that is this. On Easter morning, a greeting is given. And most of you are familiar with that greeting. The leader says he is risen, and the congregants respond with, he is risen indeed. And I want to keep that tradition going this morning. Because it is important for us to recognize the celebration of this day. Now, it is the first day of the week. And every Lord's Day, we meet on the first day of the week to celebrate the power of the resurrection. But this day, this day commemorates the truth that he was not left in that grave. But he was indeed the resurrection and the life. And it helps us to understand that those who believe in him also have resurrected life. So are you ready? He is risen. risen And that wonderful truth is before us today. Eyewitness accounts are valuable because they allow us to recognize the truth as someone gives testimony to facts that they have experienced. They provide evidence. They provide assurance. A confirmation. During our morning worship, we are going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And there we are going to discover that there were eyewitness accounts. There was the eyewitness account of Cephas, the twelve. Above 500 brethren, the scripture tells us. James, the apostles, Paul himself was an eyewitness. If you study the Gospels, there were ten post-resurrection appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. There were two that were world-changing. The first one is that of the angels. As Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, and it is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the declaration is, he is not here, he is risen as he said. And I witness to the power of God. The second world-changing event is seen in John's gospel, chapter 20. Because there the apostles are talking to Thomas. And there we discover we have seen the Lord, said to Thomas. And the wonder of that event. Now, others had made that same kind of statement. Mary Magdalene had been told to go and tell the brothers that he was alive. She did, and they didn't believe him. The two who walked on the road to Emmaus, who who met with Christ, met with the disciples, and they also told of their experience. But the truth was, their words, according to Luke's gospel, just seemed idle. And yet, he is written. The gospels give to us eyewitness accounts of the ministry and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John's gospel tells us in John chapter 20, 
Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, John's Gospel. But these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. He is risen. And it is that testimony that allows us to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing in that, we have life. And we have life through his name. That is what we celebrate today. The wonder of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this morning during this hour, we are going to look into John's Gospel, chapter 20. And we are going to see events around four eyewitness accounts that help us recognize the wonder of God and the truth that he is alive. John chapter 20, please. John chapter 20 in your Bibles. Eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you believe what you're just saying? Do you understand that he has conquered the grave? It was difficult for the disciples to believe that. Three times Jesus had told them that he had to go to Jerusalem, would be taken by angry men, would be crucified, but would raise again. He told them that in Matthew chapter 16 when Peter confessed, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He told them in Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration when they saw the resurrected Lord. And he told them in Matthew chapter 20 right before they got to Jerusalem. And he said the Son of Man will be condemned condemned to death, but would rise again. I am sure those words echoed in the minds of the disciples. And yet, it was difficult for them to understand what was going to take place because they had no reference points. Now, Lazarus had been raised from the dead. They had seen and witnessed that. But in John chapter 20, we are three days after the crucifixion. The crowds had cried, crucify him. He had been taken away. Pilate had washed his hands, declaring him to be the king of the Jews. And even had written that on the cross as they had hung him. Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. They had seen him die. They had taken him down. They had placed him in a borrowed tomb. The stone had been rolled across the face of that tomb. It had been sealed. A guard had been placed there, lest the disciples come and steal the body away. And there was silence. Silence can be deafening. And the longer the silence, the harder it is to understand what is said. John chapter 20. 
Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand, did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. The scripture identifies the first day of the week, Sunday. They are now in the feast of the unleavened bread. Passover is over, and now unleavened bread is taking place. And as Mary, and this is the first of two visits to the cemetery for Mary, goes to the cemetery, she discovers in great horror. The stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. We don't know what happened. So she runs and gets Simon Peter. Peter, perhaps, was the spokesman of the disciples. Impetuous Peter. The one who got out of the boat and walked on the water until he discovered everything going on around him. The one who confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and then when Christ said, I'm going to Jerusalem and going to be slain, he said, don't do that, Lord. It's not time for that. Get behind me. Satan is what Jesus told Peter. Peter and the one Jesus loved, John. The one writing the account, John. Now, John was younger than Peter. And so John outran Peter, and when he got to the tomb, he stooped and looked in and saw the linen clothes. Peter (laughs) caught up with John, ran right past him and ran right into the tomb. I'm not sure which one I would have been. Probably John. And Peter, when he was there, he discovered that the linen clothes were there, but the napkin around the face of Jesus was lying by itself. There is a tradition in the New Testament that when one went to a supper, as the meal was served in a number of courses, there would be time for Individuals to get up and go away and and then come back to, that's the way I like to eat. My mom used to say I ate one meal a day continuously. And I would get up from one course and I would go, but I always come back. But to allow people to know that they were coming back, they would take their napkin. And they would fold it and they would put it by itself. That may well have been the illustration of what Jesus did here. I'm coming back. 
this meal's not finished. There's more to come. Peter saw that. And then the scripture says that John, verse 8, also went in. And when he saw, he believed. Ever ask yourself, what did he believe? Certainly he believed the words of Jesus. He understood what Christ had told them about going to Jerusalem and being taken by angry men. That had happened and hung on a cross and being placed in a tomb would raise again. Perhaps he believed the Old Testament prophets. That he would be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. John saw and John believed. What do you see in the resurrection? What do you believe? John's gospel is written so that we might believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we might have life through his name, and that is enlightenment for our lives. The light came on, and the truth is he is risen just like he said. That was the truth that John discovered, perhaps the first of the disciples to understand that what Jesus said now had become a reality. But the eyewitness account is not finished. Again, John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning with verse 11. Now Mary, it's Mary Magdalene, stood weeping outside the tomb and she wept And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. Mary saw the Lord. I think it interesting that the men left. 
Mary had come and told Peter and John that the stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. We don't know where he went. They got their information and they took off and left Mary weeping. Isn't that just like a man? I mean, men don't know what to do when women start crying. And Mary stood there weeping. The word weeping has the idea of being filled with uncontrollable grief. All she wanted was to worship her Lord. All she wanted was to make sure that his burial was properly done. All all she wanted to do was take care of him. The angel said, why are you weeping? The angel didn't give her any comfort either, did he? And she turned around and saw an individual that she thought was the gardener. Maybe the gardener took him. Maybe the gardener was early, was there earlier that morning when he witnessed what had happened. Please, please tell me if you've carried him away, where have you laid him? I want to take him away. I want to care for him. Jesus only speaks one word, her name, Mary. You know, sometimes that's all it takes. For us to hear in our minds God speaking our name. God recognizing where we are. God understanding our plight. God recognizing our need. Mary immediately knows it's the Lord. When I was in Sandusky, Ohio, I had a half-hour radio program on Sunday mornings and a five-minute radio program every day of the week. And I would be in the community and I would say something and someone would recognize my voice from from the radio. In fact, I, I can't tell you the number of people who told me, we get up with you every morning. The distinctive voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Scripture does not tell us what her actions were at that point, but apparently she ran to him and hugged him because Jesus says, don't cling to me. And he said, go tell brothers. Go share the news. Go let people understand. You see, the eyewitness account of John was that he saw and believed and was enlightened. The eyewitness account of Mary is she saw and believed and it was endearment to her. I loved the Lord. 
Rabboni, a term of respect. The response was to go and cling to him, but the responsibility was to go and tell others. Our responsibility is to go and tell others because we love him. And because we love him, we ought to proclaim the truth that he is. He is alive. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when they had and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, they are withheld. It's still Sunday. And as you read the Gospels, this is the fifth post-resurrection appearance of Christ. He had appeared to Mary. That is told us in John chapter 20. He appeared to Mary and Mary Magdalene when they went to anoint him. He appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus. And he appeared to Cephas, Simon Peter. And now, the disciples are gathered in the upper room. And they are gathered there for fear. Fear of the Jews. Oh, they'd heard reports, but they couldn't quite comprehend what was going on. And yet the one who had rebuked the waves, the one who had said, peace be still, appeared in their midst. Can you imagine? The door is being shut, the text tells us. And yet all of a sudden, there he and what were his words to them? Peace be with you. Fellas, it's going to be okay. You followed me. You've seen the miracles. You've witnessed the power. You heard me say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You'll remember that I said, in the world you might have peace. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And now he is there and says, peace be still. 
if I had been there, it would have been a, I can go on. I know that he is alive. The disciples saw and believed. And it was a time of encouragement in their lives. Have there been times in your lives that you've lost sight of the truth? that you've wondered whether or not it's all real, whether or not his power was able to meet the need in your life, not not knowing what next steps were, not knowing what was coming, not understanding where you were going to go and what you were going to do. Those were the emotions of the disciples. And yet, in the midst of all of that, He cries, peace. He did that to the woman taken in adultery. And he said to her, go in peace. He did that when the waves were raging on the sea. And he calmed them. And the encouragement in our lives comes from the fact that he appears just when we need him. And the truth is, no matter what's going on, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone, because I know, I know, I know, I know he's in control of the future. Amen? And life's worth the living. Just Because he lives. Eight days later, the end of the feast of unleavened bread has come and gone. And the disciples are again gathered. John chapter 20, verse 24, now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. All the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered and said, my Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The crowds have left the city. 
No other appearances have taken place, and there has been great silence for the past seven days. I said earlier that Simon Peter Cephas was impetuous, but so was Thomas. You remember John chapter 11 when they heard that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus said, sick unto death. Thomas said, Lord, let's go. We'll all die together. And now he has received reports, perhaps on multiple occasions, that Jesus was alive. You ever have anybody tell you something that you can hardly believe? You want to believe, but you can't. And yet seeing is believing, and the text says that the doors were locked again. Perhaps there was still some fear. Thomas had gathered there, and the Lord appears. And as he appears, he again says, peace be with you, and goes to Thomas and said, Thomas, here, get your confirmation. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Be not faithless, but be believing. And Thomas's response was he believed and declared, my Lord and my God. You see, the reality is, when we finally believe, that is the declaration that comes from our lives. That is the truth that flows from us, my Lord and my God. And I have used a little bit of pastoral license here because the look that Thomas had was that of involvement. All right? You see the pastoral license there? It's okay. It's all right. It's not the first time you've seen that. Because what did Thomas do? He reacted. And Jesus said, Thomas, you're blessed. He didn't rebuke him. He said, you're blessed. You're blessed because you get a chance to see and you can believe. But blessed are all of those others. Down through the centuries who will come after you, Thomas, who have not seen but still believe. And that's us today. Amen? He is risen. And even though we read the text and we understand the eyewitness accounts in your life and mine, we have not had the privilege of seeing the resurrected Lord, but one day we will. And we will understand that because he lives, we too shall live. That is the cornerstone of our relationship with God. The recognition that he is alive. That he died, was buried, truth, but he rose again the third day. And we know that truth and we can be involved. 
tradition tells us that Thomas became a missionary to India and that he was martyred for the cause of Christ there. What do you do in your life because you believed? What involvement investment do you have? Because you know he's alive. The response, my Lord, my God, and that changes everything. Eyewitness accounts. Credible confirmation that he is alive. What do you see this Easter Sunday morning? I was in Goodwill yesterday. My father loves to do puzzles. Keeps his mind active. Keeps my basement wall covered as he glues them together and I put them up. I found two yesterday at Goodwill. And as I checked out and the gal took my, my money, I said to her, I said, are you ready for Easter? And she says, yes, I'm looking forward to the Easter bunny. I said, well, I'm looking forward to celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the real story of Easter is not about a bunny. It's about a God who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. She kind of looked at me. But what do you see? Do you see enlightenment? You've heard. You've been told. Do you understand? Do you see endearment? Baboni. Clinging to him. Responding and telling the brethren. Do you see encouragement? Confidence? Peace? Assurance? He walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Do you see involvement? <laughs> my Lord and my God. Those are the truths that John's gospel gives to us. Truths he gives to us that we might believe. Believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we might have life through his name.